I posted something about struggling with anxiety and, you know, what would help me kind of get out of that bad thought flow was sitting down and writing down some things that I'm grateful for in my life. Welcome to You Should Write a Book About That. I'm Kim O'Hara, a book coach with a story inside, and I'm interviewing fascinating people from all walks of life with a story to tell. Do these folks have a best-selling book in them? Stick around and find out. Cassie Petrie, at the age of 12, ran an AOL Backstreet Boys newsletter that had over 10,000 subscribers, which led to being a serial superfan of several different artists. By age 17, she was off and running in the music business with a job at Warner Music Group as a college rep. She went on to oversee social networking campaigns for label stars such as Faith Hill and Blake Shelton, always seeking new and innovative ways to create organic, meaningful connections between artists and their fans. She went on to form CrowdSurf in 2007. She's been on the Forbes 30 Under 30, Variety's Hollywood's New Leaders in Digital, and named one of Billboard's Digital Power Players in 2018 and 2019. So good to have you on the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. We had an incredible conversation preceding this interview about the narrowing road for women and success as they get older and I'm really hoping we can replicate that conversation because it was so good and so necessary. Where are women struggling when the road narrows? You know, for me, I think when I was in my early 20s, I felt like I had a ton of peers and a ton of people were kind of in the same place at their, you know, in their career as I was. And I would say once I hit like 30, it really started to feel like I had less people around me that I could relate to. And I, you know, and I've read a lot of books, like I've read, um, you know, Sheryl Sandberg's book and a variety of different books on this topic. And it seems that I feel like it, it's unfortunately a situation where it's kind of the older that you get, the more women sort of drop out of it being around you and it, it begins to feel more lonely. So what you're saying is we're rocking along in our 20s, tons of peers, lots of camaraderie, and then ambitious women are turning around one day in their 30s and they're finding themselves alone. They're either in a boys club or if they stick around, basically, or they've dropped off in their 30s to have kids and they struggle to stay in their career. Is that something you see? For sure. And I wouldn't say that's like a hundred percent accurate. Like obviously there's a lot of women out there killing it and doing their thing, but the volume of it seems to be less as I've gotten older. So it's a volume situation. And I think what the issue is, volume is the solution for women to have more of a place and say like some of these lists you're on, like you were seeing an imbalance and you were like, Oh, you know, it's not Forbes fault. It's just who's applying, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and yeah, I, I think that this was kind of one of my first moments where I realized this is I was, I remember when I got Forbes 30 under 30, I was 29. I was very determined to get it that year because you can't, you can't get it after that. So I'd like called in every favor I could and really researched it and studied it. And I 
I got it, but when I was researching it and then when I got it, I realized that like the balance of women is particularly on the music list was it, there weren't, it was not 50, 50 by any stretch of the imagination. Um, when I was the way that the music list works is they pick 20 artists and, you know, thankfully there are a lot of female artists that usually make it on that list, but on the business side where they pick 10 people, um, in my year, I was the only, there was nine guys and there were me. And, um, the year after it was the same thing, like there one girl, nine guys. And that made me realize like, oh, wow, I thought that this was just like something that people older than me had to deal with, but it was going to be fixed in my generation. And in that moment, I realized that it was still the same level of problem that it was in the decades before me. Oh, yeah. And I'm finding more and more that, you know, 32 to 50, we sort of all are dealing still with the same stuff. Like we're sort of in that similar older millennial kind of into my generation, you know, still having that struggle with having kids, having the career. I know when I first had my kid, I couldn't sustain making movies. Like it took me another 10 years to really pull out of that hole and find my feet and come back as a book coach. And I needed a lot of mentors and a lot of guides to get me back here. And I was determined, like I was really determined that I was going to build another business And you had said to me that a a lot of women are not making enough content on social media that is empowering or stimulating. Uh, Why do you think that's happening? You know, well, one, I think time is an issue. It's hard to find time to do this. And, And it's hard to think for women, especially more than men, it's hard to prioritize like making your content over other things you have to do on your to-do list it doesn't feel right you feel guilty about it you feel like you're you're neglecting your job friends partner kids whoever you feel like you're neglecting them if you prioritize making your own content but i've noticed that like um a lot of you know there's a lot of younger dudes who do prioritize it and because of that i think it actually makes them unfortunately get ahead of a lot of women because I do see them making, you know, this great sort of like entrepreneur inspirational type content. And I remember um, I've been on a journey this year to really sort of make the social media content for myself that I've always wanted to make. And when I went, you know, I I think I kind of ran out of other things to do on my to-do list because (laughs) I had more time because of the COVID situation. Uh, So I finally did it. And also I'm like, okay, I did everything else on my to-do list. Like I, you know, I cleaned out my closet. I did this, I did that. Like I, okay, I have nothing else to do before my, before this, I, I, I have no excuse. So I went forward to do it. And when, as I was digging into like find sort of inspiration, I really sort of realized there wasn't, well, there isn't nearly as many like celebrity female executives on Instagram as I thought there would be. And there's, and you know, there's definitely like, I would I feel like it's easier to find sort of men in that space and than women. Again, as I was I was asking a lot of my friends, like who do you follow with the female that's you know, like who's kind of like who's gonna be Barbara Corcoran or Lori Grenier in ten years? Like I wanna follow that person and there there's not as much of it as I thought there would be. It was really hard. So I was kinda like, okay, even more reason to like I need to to do this because there there's not as 
much of it as I want there to be. And if I'm complaining about volume, I believe, you know, I, and I'm not making it, then I'm, I'm part of the problem. I've watched your content. It's, it's bite-sized. It's inspirational. You've already inspired me. I've made two Instagram videos this week alone. And one of them, I was like, one of them, I'm like, I'm making my coffee and I'm going to tell you how we're going to kill it today. You know, and the one this morning was you are a champion, you know, because you've inspired me like I'm already inspired. Right. Because I realized after we talked, what you were saying was absolutely true. And I, and I thought the same thing. I was like, well, if I'm going to sit here and complain about it, then I better make videos. I have a voice and I have something to say, and I have been through a lot. So, you know, if someone wanted to dig deep on you or on me, I mean, look at your resume. I mean, you have a lot, you've been through, you've seen a lot. Let's just put it that way. I have. Let's talk about writing. You know, I, I know that you want to write a book eventually. Um, I know that you have a lot to say and that you love books. You told me they make you very happy. So what kind of writer are you right now? Um, you know, I mean, I write, it's weird because I, I never, you know, considered myself like a writer in the sense of like, you know, I'm writing a novel or like I, you know, I'm writing a great paper for school when I was in school, but I've always um, enjoyed writing sort of notes or writing bite-sized content and then when social media came around like I think that's why I really enjoyed it because I was able to sort of write in a in a way um and help other people uh, help artists and entertainers write in a in a different kind of way that wasn't just like long form or articles and I've really enjoyed helping other people sort of express themselves in a social media way and I I enjoy writing in a social media way like I love writing you know, Instagram captions that are a couple paragraphs long. I love writing tweets. I love like, I, I loved Twitter even more when it was 140 characters because you really had to like, I called it, I call it word surgery. You really have to figure <laughs> out how to get, you, you, you had to nail it. You had to get. nail it. Yeah. You had to really nail it in an arresting brief way. And I, and I like that. I, I think that there's something beautiful about like ingenious about saying something poignant and really simply and really uh, concisely. And so I really, you know, I liked that, um, I like that aspect of it. And, you know, I would say that, you know, I got really into reading, um, you know, self-help books over the past, I guess, um, 15 years, because one, I think I like the format of it a little better. It's a little more like chunky, bite-sized, kind of like what I was, you know, you know, telling you about. And I really just like being, I, I feel like I just learn and take in so much stuff and really get inspired by different, you know, self-help books. And I've, I've just really enjoyed that process. And there's just some that I've read that have really like, really shifted my thinking and put me in, you know, better places in my life when I, I really needed it. The four agreements, you mentioned you have a pocket-sized version, which I thought was pretty badass. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I got I saw it at Barnes and Noble. I love like, Barnes and Noble is bad for me. I, I I love I buy so much stuff there, but they had like a little pocket size one, and I was like, I need that because then I just I can throw up my purse, and I like to read it like uh, when I go to the beach, or it, sometimes when I'm having like a bad day or like anxiety, like I, I often find just like sitting down and like reading that, like it really like recenters and refocuses me, and you figure out like what I, I swear one of those four things is always wrong with that, whatever situation is bothering you. Um, and I just, it always helps me recenter and kind of understand 
what, why, you know, something is tormenting me and how to work through it when I understand the core of like what agreement is upset and why that thing is bothering me because I made an assumption about something and I don't even know it's true or whatever the case may be. Or had an expectation or, you know, I always say, you know, if I'm mad at this person, this person, this person, and this person, the common denominator is always me. Yes, it is. And it's always, and and that's just one of the things I love about the four agreements is that it really re-centers you to remember that everything that you do is about you and everything that other people do is about them. And that's just like how it is. And that's okay. And, and, you know, it's your job in your, this world to look out for you. It's other people's jobs, you know, and, you know, in their world to look out for them. And it's not saying to treat people like crap, but it's, it's, um, you know, part of being good to you is treating other people well. And when somebody's not treating other people well, they're, I think they're actually hurting themselves more than they're, they're hurting the other people that they're being rude or mean or whatever they're doing, you know. So a lot of these authors, you know, that are in the self-help space, um, and I know a lot of my clients are, you know, older. I've been lately working with some clients in their 30s, and I'm really excited about that because I think it's a new wave of voice. Uh, A lot of self-help books are not people in their 30s, and I don't know if that's just because they don't think that they have enough information or knowledge yet to share. Um, And so I'm really excited that you're considering stepping forward and sharing, because I don't believe that knowledge comes just because you've been on this earth X amount of years. I believe it's the magnitude or what you've sourced through you. How do you come up with some of your topics that you have on Instagram, like working hard and living your life and not feeling guilty about it was one of my favorites. How did you come up with that? Yeah, I think a lot of times when I'm posting something on Instagram, it's it's because I'm struggling with it at that moment. For example, like this morning, I posted something about struggling with anxiety. And, you know, what would help me kind of get out of that bad thought flow was sitting down and writing down some things that I'm grateful for in my life. And I, you know, I realized that maybe that process, especially for people who are younger than me, I have a lot of um, kids who follow me that are fans of the bands I work with or, or manage. And they haven't like gotten the same information that maybe people my age or older have gotten. So I, I was like, it, a lot of they message me and DM me about anxiety all the time. So I was like, if this helped me, maybe it'll help some of them. So I wanted to share that. But it's it's all stuff I'm like currently dealing with or have dealt with, and it's something that you know it's a topic that has come up recently. And I, you know, I was like, oh, I should make a, a video about it. It's it, it's kind of real time stuff that I'm dealing with or watching other people deal with. Thank you so much for saying that about young people and anxiety. It's not talked about enough. I know that I have dealt with in the last five years, um, really tremendous anxiety attacks that have, you know, gone away for, you know, all intents and purposes, but I know that they're waiting if my mental fitness is not there. And my daughter who's Mm -hmm. 14 has shared with me, she said, you know, the pressure that's on kids today is so intense because the bar has been raised so high of who they're supposed to be that they just can't even be kids anymore. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's hard. And I, you know, I see, I, I, you know, I work with a lot of teen pop artists and, you know, they have 
a lot of teenage uh, fans that are, you know, you know, anywhere from age of 10 to like 16. And a lot of times, like I get in really deep conversation with these kids and try to just like give them a little advice and realize that like, it may seem big and it may seem like everything in the world right now, but it's, it's not as big as it seems. And, you know, one day they'll be an adult and don't have to deal with the pressure of their school or parents or whatever is, is going on, you know, going on and, you know, creating anxiety for them at that moment. But I, I talk to people one-on-one about this all the time and I'm, I'm no expert by any means, but I think just being able to share that with somebody uh, is really important. I am so touched that you take time out of your life to do that because you don't, you really don't have to, you know, and it's obviously something you feel called for. And I'm kind of guessing here, you know, live that, you know, maybe one day this might be something that you need to write about, you know, this, this younger generation and what is expected of them and the anxiety and that, you know, it's really not worth losing the quality of your young life to stress out, you know, because we really don't know what's going to happen in the future. We can plan, we can do, we can do the to-do list, we can get everything organized, but shit just happens, you know, and, um, and, and, you know, we have to roll with it. And I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing just a tiny piece of your, your knowledge here today. And, uh, I do hope that you just keep inspiring people with your message. Um, especially women, you know, in their thirties to stick around and be vocal. Absolutely. I want to, I want, if anybody ever wants advice or editing tips, I'm happy to give them because I want to see, I don't want to be the best. I want to be the one of many in terms of doing this sort of content. So the more, the better. And anybody that needs encouragement or help, I am happy to DM or email or whatever and and talk about it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today. Of course. And thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to, you should write a book about that. If you enjoyed our episode, tell a friend to listen, subscribe, and review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And a big shout out to our listeners on CastBox, where you can leave a comment and I will personally respond.